Bedrosian throws to Sandberg, and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have pumped on in. The Giants have won the pennant. Welcome back to the Thompson and Clark podcast. I'm Double G alongside my co-host, Brad. Now, Brad... You have been paying a lot of attention to spring training, which I'm so happy about because I get these texts, I see these tweets, and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot. Like they're playing, like and and so like I don't have a good gauge yet of the spring training schedule, but we're gonna get into a segment in in a in a few minutes here. I mean, you even named it. Like you're in on this segment. It's called Brad's Spring Flings. Yeah. So you're gonna tell me who you like from spring training and then when we do it again and and look we're only going to have it for three weeks or whatever and when we do it again you may fall out of love with one of your spring flings and 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 they will be off of your list and you may have a new spring fling depending on how spring training is going so we're going to save that for uh the second segment here but the first segment is so interesting and we've been talking about this for a little while, which is winter fans coming back. Yeah. And Governor Newsom made a statement. Uh, I will read from uh, Andy Bagger, the Andrew Bagley from The Athletic. I will read from his uh, piece that he put in The Athletic this morning. According to and Andrew Baggerly, San Francisco County is currently in the red tier, so the Giants could host 8,400 fans, which is 20% of their capacity. But if positive trends continue, there's an excellent chance that the country could move into the less restrictive orange tier on March 24th. That would allow them to sell up to 13,860 tickets, which is 33% capacity, for the April 9 home opener. Because counties must spend at least three weeks in a colored tier and cannot skip tiers, the soonest that San Francisco County could enter the yellow tier would be April 14th, and that would be the earliest possible day that the Giants could welcome 67% capacity, which is 28,000 fans. So, as the nation moves closer to you know i don't know what the what the number is as far as people who have actually had one shot so far but it's in the 50 millions or something of people um we are closer to live baseball to fans being being in in the stands to not seeing cardboard cutouts which is what we saw last year and i'm very excited but super apprehensive at the same time. It's like this crazy mixed feeling. What did you think about when you read that piece from Baggerly? Well, and so I don't live in California anymore. It's been many years. Um, So I'm not familiar with the tiers as much. I live in Nevada. We have a governor. uh, I mean, this is the Wild West out here in Nevada. (laughs) So we have a governor that just, he'll he'll come on and he'll say, hey, uh, press press conference today at 3 p.m. And it's like noon. You go, oh, in three hours, he's going to tell us what he's changed. And then he'll come on the TV at three o'clock and say, hey, uh, you know, casinos are open. Now you can have instead of two people at the poker table, you can have eight people at the poker table still wear masks, this and that. And, and, you know, it's a little it's a little out there. But again, we're more spaced out uh, in Nevada. We don't have um, everybody's kind of smashed in like in the Bay Area and in California. Um 
So when I saw that, I had to kind of research, like, what are these tiers? What is red, orange, and yellow? And then when I saw the red tier, and I went, well, that's great. You guys are already in the red tier, and you've been there for a little while. 8,400 people, that's like a good night at Candlestick Park exactly. in 1992, <laughs> right? I mean, that's... <laughs> That's kind of what you're going to get. But, you know, it's AT&T Park. We got a lot of young, exciting players. This isn't the 1991-92 San Francisco Giants playing the Candlestick Park. Uh, so so it's going to be... I'm super excited for it because watching the game on TV, uh, like I have to do from here in Reno, it's so exciting to see fans. I mean, you know, getting the Giants and Dodgers the other night from spring training with fans in the stands and the cheering and everything else. It's real baseball again, almost. So, you know, I'm all for it because I know the Giants organization. I mean, when when did we get that email from um, from Larry Bear talking about the uh, uh, safety restrictions that they were going to do? It was probably like January, I think. Uh, so, so they've been thinking about this for a long yeah. time. It, it's been in the works for a long time. So I know they're going to do it the safest way possible. The Oakland A's actually came out with a press release, I think that day or the next day, to say, this is exactly how we're going to do it. And so I'm going to pull that up because that had some interesting tidbits in it. If they end up going that route, most of the uh, most of the clubs, then you're going to see a lot of really, uh, really interesting things uh, that, that might happen. Um, I think it was, uh, you know, no tailgating, uh, but they were going to uh, do. Um, oh, I'll pull it up here so I don't paraphrase but uh but are you dave, i mean dave caval of the oakland a's very nice guy by the way yeah, oh yeah and um but so so go into the tiers a little bit more uh, if you understand it i i like well, I, said, that's I, I don't truly understand it and the only time i hear it is de- based on school like when mm. are kids going to be allowed to get back into school and i think where I live, I want to say that they're not doing it until the purple tier, which is the next one down. Like they're not even entertaining it until it's the purple tier. So look, and the other thing that I didn't mention about uh, Andy Baggerly's, uh, his, uh, his uh, piece is that what generally happens is like the, the governor's going to, you know, make the statement, but it's really about the counties and it's really about the mayor's, um, uh, of the specific cities who are like, yes or no, or we're going to be a little bit more restrictive or, or whatever. Like there's this thing that happened in uh, Texas where the governor said, you know, we're going to allow fans to enter at 100% capacity. And so the UFC's president, Dana White was like, all right, we're going to Texas. And all the mayors in those cities were like, Nope. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> so, so even even though Newsom, you know, I, I'm sure the Giants are very clued in with, uh, you know, with the city and with the county to make sure that they don't look like idiots like Dana White did. <laughs> but that that is the other piece of this, which is it's not just up to you know Governor Newsom. There are you know restrictions based on counties and stuff too. So that's the other piece of this that it's. That that you have, to, I had to mention. No, and that, and that's a good point because it is. 
California residents only. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you want to go to the Giants game, you have to be a California resident. Now, what does how that would mean? they even know? Exactly. I don't know how they're going to figure this out. So now uh, my wife and I were kicking around the idea because we, we understand Disneyland is going to be in the same thing because it's theme parks as well. Yes. Well, Disneyland's a little bit different because they can just say, well, it's going to be season pass holders only. And in order to buy a season pass, and then they have the SoCal season passes. So in order to buy those, you have to show proof of residency. And it's not usually just your driver's license. It's driver's license and a utility bill of some sort, like when you sign your kid up for Little League. So it could be something like that, where if you want to go, you can you can buy this pass that allows you to purchase tickets. But in order to do that, you have to show like three different proofs of residency. Um, so, you know, it could be something like that. I'm just kicking around ideas. I, I don't really know. But yeah, that brings up a great point. How do you how can you tell? Hey, uh, uh, Garrett, you're walking in here. Do you live in California? <laughs> yes, I do. All right, come on in. I mean, <laughs> they got to have more than that. Yeah. What would the trick be? What would the trick question be? <laughs> like, I can't even imagine, you know, <laughs> did you? Yeah. Uh, what what report did you have to do in fourth grade? Oh, the California mission. <laughs> All right, come on in, right? Because didn't everybody do San, that? In- San Juan Batista. Yes, absolutely. We all did that in fourth grade. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that's the, the question. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, I think now now here, here's the million dollar question. You, you let, Let's pretend that you do live in California. Okay. Now, you already have one shot of the vaccine, correct? I do. I get my second one in a couple of days here. Yes. By the way, did, did you feel ill at all when you got your first shot? You know, my arm felt like somebody punched the crap out of me uh, for about three days. Um, Actually, really, really only about 24 hours. Then it kind of started to loosen up. But it was one of those ones where like uh, you roll over in bed and you're like, oh, no, don't sleep on that (laughs) arm, you know. But um, but the second one, from what I understand, is a little bit harsher. So uh, and then I leave for for vacation like two days after that. So we'll see how that goes. (laughs) Yeah. So. My uh, my wife, Crystal, she got hers on Friday. Her her shoulder hurt for a day, but she did have a, a little bit of like uh, some cold symptoms for sure oh, wow. okay. over the weekend. Not that she was like felt like she had the flu or anything like that, but definitely felt, you know, like like she had a cold and yeah. it kind of she just wanted to look to kind of kick back in bed and watch TV. That oh, was kind of go. her her uh, her Sunday. But so let's say. I mean, soon enough, you're going to be you're going to be fully vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. Now somebody offers you opening day tickets. There's maybe someone, you know, around, let's say, 20,000 people in that ballpark. Would you take those tickets? Uh, you know, hmm, that's a tough one again, because I think we've we've gone over this before. It's the kids. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, the CDC just today came out and said, if you're fully vaccinated and somebody else is fully vaccinated and you've you've had your second shot or your only Johnson and Johnson shot and it's two weeks later, you can now gather safely with other vaccinated people without masks, without masks. Yes, correct. Um, But still, you know, on the website, it does stress if there are other unvaccinated people with you, 
you know, and especially if they're mixed households, please social distance and wear right. masks. Right. So, you know, the, the, the carefulness is still out there. Um, if it was just me and my wife and we were both fully vaccinated and we didn't have the kids here, they didn't live here, they were older, uh, I, I probably would do it. Mm-hmm. I, pro- I probably would do it because then I'd come home and I know I wouldn't have to worry about, uh, you know, quarantining or anything else. Uh, I would go to work. I'd wear a mask like I normally do social distance like I normally do and, and, and everything would be fine. So, so yes, I would go. So I am with you except I think I would go even if the kids weren't vaccinated if it was 8,000 instead of 20,000, because if it's 8,000, yeah. then that social distancing is built in. You're wearing the mask. It's outdoors, which really limits it. And so I think I'd be I think I'd like if I was vaccinated, I would go immediately if it was just, you know, what what you could do in that first tier. But as you add more people then the social distancing is a little bit harder. And I don't think it's, it's some of it is obviously I don't want to get it and then pass it on. Like I'm vaccinated, but I could pass it on. It's also, I think I'd just be anxious as all hell and I wouldn't enjoy myself. Yeah. And you know what I thought about too, and, and you know, I'm, I'm going to go there, but 20,000 people and then you got to go to the bathroom. Mm hmm. And the bathrooms are in closed spaces. And I mean, are they going to limit the amount of people that can go in and out of the bathroom? The problem is, no pun intended, it's a steady stream people in and out of the bathroom. So there's, there's constantly people in the bathroom with 20,000 people, especially. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and just imagine if it was at Candlestick and we had the horses trough. Oh, good God. <laughs> I've tried to forget about that over the years. You know, the other cool thing, too, is even if you do have 20,000 people, you know, like the A's are going to do, and I heard the Giants kind of kicking around this idea, too, is the mobile concessions. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've ever been to Disneyland recently, not, not this year because it's been closed, but they do have the mobile ordering at Disneyland, which is like one of the greatest things they've ever introduced. Um, you could go sit, you, you can be in line for, a, uh, for a ride and, and order lunch and then tell it, you know, tell the app I want it at one o'clock right now. It's noon. Yeah, I'm going to be in this line for a little bit. Then we're going to hop, uh, you know, hop out, go to the restrooms, everything clean up. And then you just walk over, you've already paid for it and you just walk over and pick it up. Um, and, and there's no line at the food uh, concessions. But this is mo- full mobile concessions where you order from your seat and they bring it to your seat. Now, you can actually get that if you have if you're at the club level. Oh, they, OK. They, so they offer that. OK, so, so that's going to be would, everywhere. Yeah. If they would do that everywhere, that's that's pretty cool. And then what, what do you do for the club people? Maybe the club people just like get champagne or something while they're watching. Five percent <laughs> off. I don't know, 20, 10 percent off of a uh, what's 10 percent off of an eighty dollar beer and eight bucks. So. Yeah, eight bucks. Well, <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. So I think the main the main takeaway for me here is things are finally moving in the right direction. Yeah. I'm I'm excited because, you know, I usually go to between five and 10 games a year. I think I mentioned on this podcast, me and my friend Stephanie, we'd actually gone to opening day, like the previous two opening days in a row. Like I literally just took off work. She lives uh, pretty far up north. So she would just like take uh, take some transportation in and we just hang out at the at the ballpark like all day and grab food and then and then just just have a fun time. 
And we haven't been able, we didn't get to do it last year. We were kind of joking in uh, in Instagram chat about how we're not going to be able to do it this year. But like, this is like kind of a thing for me. Like I, you know, I generally, you know, what are there? There's, so there's 81 home games. You know, I'm going to eight game. I'm going to 10% of the home games like yeah. every year. And ha- not having that is uh, is a little bit of a bummer. So I'm I'm really excited. I love going to that park. It's, you know, I, I I've been to, let's see, I've been to Petco. Petco's pretty cool. I've been to Safeco. Safeco's really cool. And they're they're both kind of like these well renowned parks, but they don't hold a candle to to Oracle. So I, I it's just it's just part of me, and I can't wait to get back. Yeah, and and I'm with you on that. I you know I've probably been to AT and T. Pack Bell Oracle, um, probably 10 times, uh, since it opened and we moved here in 2003. Yeah. So it's only open for three years. It was only open for three years, but we went probably about eight or nine times. And then since I've lived here, I've gone once or twice. Yeah. Um, You gotta, you gotta come back, man. I know because after we moved here three years later, we had the kids and you know, I mean, then you, and then two years after the first one was born, then the second one was born and it was just steady stream of, you know, snot and vomit and poop (laughs) diapers and all that for three years. Let's put it on record here. We'll put it on record. If Brad can make it out, it doesn't have to be this year because, you know, we still don't really know what's going on. But um, Brad is coming to the park. I am picking up his ticket and which will make it a little bit easier for <laughs> him to get the wife's OK to hang out in. in, in I don't know. You, you, you guys would probably have I, to all come out. I appreciate yeah. that. And and I've been dying to get the kids down there. I mean, my oldest, especially, she loves to just sit and watch baseball with me. Um, we are going to get deep into the scorebook this year and, and work all of that. Um, she, they, they would just, both girls would absolutely love it. My wife's been there with me before uh, and we, and we love it. We have such a good time there. So, so I appreciate that. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely make it down. It's probably not going to be this year, but it'll probably be 2022. Um, oh, and, and by then the oldest will be driving so she could drive us down. <laughs> so I could just take a nap yeah, on the way yeah. down there. there yeah. You and, and if you have a, a, a an adult beverage or two, you're not going to worry about driving. Uh, that's right. I like that. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So let's talk about the, uh, the segment that we kind of teased earlier, which is Brad's spring flings. Now you've been watching, you've been paying attention, you've been listening to, uh, the, the games and just keeping up with them. Who give me, I don't know, maybe let's let let's say three of the players you've seen so far. Who are you hot on with? I don't know. What have they played four games so far? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have five to count. Games, I guess. Uh, five games. Five. No, 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 no. no. So, he, no, Darren Ruff has played in seven games. So they've at least played seven. Uh, eight included oh. today. Yeah, because okay. they played today, uh, a one o'clock game today. Ruff and Luciano, as far as the numbers that I can tell, they lead the team in uh, in games played. Ruff, Luciano, and Vossler. Yeah, actually, let me hit F5 on this page just to see. I don't think they've updated the uh, stats uh, today. So uh, Vossler and Ruff have seven games, but they have played eight eight uh so yeah i don't think they added today's games but so my spring flings now you know how it is 
it's 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 the young part of the season it's spring mm-hmm. training when you're young and you're in love th- <laughs> things can happen you know you can fall out of love quickly so like you said earlier i, I we're going to do this for spring training so it's only going to be about 3 weeks long but that's that's long enough for a relationship oh yeah young right i mean oh yeah oh yeah that's plenty so i've got four i've got four flings that i am that i am in love with maybe a couple of them more just enamored, right? mm-hmm. but, but I'm in love with a couple of them. Everybody's in love with, um, but, but one of them is Jason Vosler. Of course, I, I think everybody right now is in love with him coming into today's game. He was eight for 16 hitting 500, four of his eight hits are extra base hits. So he's not just putting the bat on the ball. I mean, he's crushing it, hitting, hitting balls into gaps, um, doesn't have that home run yet in the spring, but he's going to be, he's going to have a couple, I would imagine the way he's swinging it. Uh, his OPS in the spring so far, 1.313. The biggest thing that I love about this guy is that they've had him at first, second, third, and left field. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you know how, I'm going to let you guess how many games he played in the outfield in the minors between 2014 and 2019. God, I wouldn't even know. Like, 10? Let me count. Let's see. There's one and then carry the zero. <laughs> Played zero games in the outfield in the minors. So as far as I know, again, without seeing spring stats from years before, they just threw him in the, out in the outfield and said, here, you're going out to left field. And my guess for that is because they're looking at Ruff saying, well, Ruff's swinging it, but Ruff's only hitting what 250 right now um so it looks like they did update this because earlier ruff was hitting 186 so he got, got a couple hit, today. got a couple hits today yeah so so and he's got a home run and two ribs ruff is probably gonna make the team but if you're looking at the back end of the 26 man you're looking at vossler you're looking at ruff you're looking at these guys right they're battling it out vossler with being able to play multiple positions like a Listella, mm-hmm. you see that and you say, wow, that's really tempting. Ruff can play left field. Ruff can play first base. Um, I think the Giants went ahead and came to the arbitration uh, offer to him uh, and, and got all that taken care of because they said, well, maybe there's going to be a DH because Ruff is a great right-handed DH option. Uh, but they also have other options at first base uh, in the right-handed slot, and that's Ruff. They got Posey. They got Flores um, with Belt, who's going to be out. So now... Uh, and and plus Listella, you know, can play first base a little bit. He's a left-hander. Vossler's a left-hander who could play first base. So you got to look at Vossler and say, oh man, he's very attractive because of all those different positions that he can play. Um, so so that's one of my one of my main spring flings. Will I fall out of love with him? Probably not, because I've liked this guy since November, since they signed him. He's also your kind of player. He is my kind of player. He's he's scrappy. He can go all over the place. He can hit the ball all over the yard. Um, but he's, he differs in me, like the way I played, is he's got power. I don't have any power. This guy's got a, a bat. So when he puts a bat on the ball, his stroke is sweet and he finds those gaps. So I think that's going to go a long way for him. He's never had the chance at the major league level. So this is going to be his first shot at it. So, so that is my first spring fling. Then we move into another obvious choice and Eliot Ramos, uh, 
another guy who's just an obvious pick, 21 years old, five for 12, 417 batting average, OPS of 1.333. Coming into today, can play center field, can play left field. Let's see, is updated. Updated is hitting 417 now. Uh, actually, that's what I have. So I don't know. Eh, maybe this isn't updated. He's got two bombs, both of them yesterday in Sunday's game. Um, they say he's pretty much ready to play at this level. He's 230 pounds yep. for a center fielder. That's insane. I don't even think I'm 5'8. I don't think if I ever weighed 230 pounds, <laughs> it'd just roll me down the street. <laughs> but, uh, but the fact that he can also play all around the outfield, he was a guy that they were saying could have possibly come up last year had they had a normal uh, minor league season and he would have worked his way up through the system. Uh, so, does he make the team out of spring? I don't know. That's going to be a, that's going to be one of those tough questions near the end. He's probably as of this moment off the 26 man just because he is 21 and he only has what uh 50 at bats I think or, or or 25 to 50 games at the double A level has never played in the triple A level. Um and actually, after we're done with this, too, we can talk about what happened to, to, to AAA and the minors. They're going to do yeah, a little we'll, bit of a delay. We'll talk so about we'll, this at, yeah, at, so the, we'll at the end of this that. podcast. But, yeah. but okay, so we were going to save the outfield depth chart for, uh, for later. Yeah. But you just mentioned Ramos. So let's look at the outfield depth chart, and we'll get to yeah, your yeah. other two spring flings. But, okay, in left field, the Giants have Dickerson. Yastrzemski plays center and he plays left. And you just mentioned Darren Ruff and you just mentioned Vossler's getting some action in left. So it's not, you know, R Ramos isn't necessarily needed to come up a hundred percent because there's not guys there. There's depth in the outfield because of the ability to move guys out. But I, that that's why I don't see him making the club. But I do see, based on how the Giants normally do this, which is, let's see, you know, let, let's see how Dickerson and Yastrzemski do. And then all of a sudden we know we have this like lottery ticket <laughs> in, you know, in, in AAA. And who knows, like Farhan, uh, Zadie's not opposed to wheeling and dealing with guys that he basically signs for very little. And then he can offload them for, you know, some young talent or something. So that is not, especially in a season like this, I could totally see something like that having, not that I want them to trade Yastrzemski, not that I want them to trade Dickerson, but you could see him going like, oh, yeah, Alex Dickerson's in the top five and Jacks, you know, what do you guys think about this other GMs in, in baseball? And they're like, oh, my God, we need this guy who can hit for power and who can play a halfway decent left field. We're going to give you X, Y, and Z for him. And then Zadie's like, oh, yeah, because I got this young kid, Ramos, who we want to play anyways. <laughs> and he's here sitting here waiting. So that is totally, I think, on the board. Um, and then you look at center field. So Yastrzemski, who play, also plays center, you know, he's probably not going to play there for his entire career. Then they move Dubon in, into center. Um, he's technically a middle infielder who they transformed into an outfielder. He plays pretty decently out there. Uh, 
I don't, I mean, I, that is more so it, like, like in, in my, my, the way that I look at this is like, okay, if we could keep Yastrzemski in left and then find a center fielder and then maybe Dubon is just this like utility guy. Like he's like the, you know, he's like the Swiss army knife out there. That would be the position I would like to feel to fill. And I don't, I don't think Ramos, I don't think they project him as a center fielder, but again, you know, you have so many multiple guys and you move to right field, Jastrzemski, Austin Slater, Steven Duggar, um, Duggar can probably play some center as well. So there's so much flexibility out there, but there is not that one guy except for Yastrzemski where you're like, that guy's going to be in the lineup every day. And yeah, I mean, you nailed that because I, when you look at this outfield, like I said, Dickerson, the thing with Dickerson and Yaz is they're both left-handed bats. So, so you probably could move Dickerson. Like, like you said, I mean, if he's crushing the ball early, I mean, the guy's getting up there a little bit in age, too. So you can kind of move him. Uh, He was a project that they got from the Padres, and he's kind of panned out. Um, But, yeah, you can move him, and then Ramos comes in. Well, here's here's another kind of twist to it, too. Brandon Crawford, he's on the last year of his deal. So you get towards June, July. He's playing well. A contender goes, oh you know what? We need a shortstop that can pick it and also drive the ball. So they trade Crawford and then Dubon comes back in and plays shortstop. Now you've opened up a hole in center field, move Yaz over there, uh, throw Ramos in right or left or, or do whatever. I mean, like you said, you've got a lot of, uh, of puzzle pieces. You've also got Jalen Davis who's starting to get some at-bats the last couple of spring games. Um, still one of my favorites, but he's starting to kind of be the odd man out, but he's got a lot of power and he put in so much work in the offseason Um to write his swing and take a couple holes out of his swing. Uh, and, and he's starting to make some, some solid contact. So there's another guy. Uh, so, so Jalen Davis, uh, I don't know if he has any options left. I got to look that up. Um, and then you've got Austin Slater, uh, and, uh, was it Slater last year played a little bit of first base? Uh, yeah, I think Just that's the- right. And, and Slater, actually opened some eyes because he was getting on base and yeah. uh and, and you know he he got hurt and and that's kind of the problem with a lot of these guys is is when it comes to injuries but look if dickerson can get on base at a 371 clip then maybe he is you know maybe you do keep him i i don't know if that's if that's going to continue happening uh but you know he and yastrzemski had pretty good years last year so that like it's not that i just want them to trade dickerson i'm just saying that that's the wild card that if he produces again he is 30 like you said but if he produces again and zadie knows that he's got this this guy waiting in the wings and all of a sudden, the Giants get blown away on an offer for Alex Dickerson. You could theoretically go, yeah, like we can do that because Ramos is waiting in the wings there. Yeah, oh, totally. And then, and then <clears throat> here's the other thing. you got a contender who needs an outfielder and a shortstop. And you got a nice big package deal with Crawford and Dickerson and you move them both and then you get some prospects in return. Uh, so a lot of, I mean, they're, they're, when was the last time you could say the Giants had a lot of options in the outfield. I mean, it's it's been quite a long time. Um, 
since the days of who's your fourth outfielder? Maybe Calvin Murray. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so so it's it's been a long journey Juan to this point. Perez. <laughs> Juan Perez. Yes. <laughs> oh man. Good defender. Yeah, there was some, <laughs> what's that? Good defender though. He couldn't hit. Oh yeah, good very defender. good defender. Couldn't run the bases, but <laughs> you know, he was a good defender. So yeah, I mean there's there's a lot of options. Lamont Wade Jr., we don't talk about him either. He's mm-hmm. he's another guy. Um intelligent dude. I mean, really uh really got a good head on his shoulders. I watched the um the uh Black History Month chalk talk last night with Rennell Brooks Moon mm-hmm. and um John Miller and he had Lamont Wade Jr. He they had uh Randy Wynn and they had the Hackman on. Oh wow. So that was fun to watch. If you if you get a chance, go to the San Francisco Giants uh, uh YouTube channel and pull up that chalk talk. Very interesting stories, a lot of good stuff in there. But Lamont Wade Jr. working hard. Uh you know, John Miller asked him, he said, What's your uh, What's your number one attribute? And he said, I am a great teammate. He said, that is the number one thing. And I always feel that that's important, that I'm a great teammate. I support everybody around me. And, uh, you know, I look to just be there for everybody. And it's like, man, that's, yeah, that's pretty much what a manager wants. He wants... uh, What are his options like, by the way? You know, I don't really know, but I I think when they got him, he was in the minors, so I believe he still has that minor league option. Um, So he'll he'll probably start out in the minors. Um, He's going to be an odd man out, but, you know, he's got a power stroke, and so they're kind of working on that, too. I think the Giants kind of want to put their hooks in him, you know, and, uh, and, and get their hitting philosophies into him. They haven't had a whole lot of time to work with him on that yet. So I think when they traded for him, he was more of a project guy saying, you know, hey, you know, he can be an option later this year or next year at some point, uh, be a fourth or fifth outfielder Um, guy off the bench. um, You know, what is he? uh, Left hander. So you got a left handed bat off the bench, which is always good. Um, So, yeah, I mean, a lot of options in the outfield. So I'm I'm very excited. I'm I'm just excited overall for this team. Uh, Not enough Lamonts in Major League Baseball. There aren't. Um, There was, you know, the last Lamont that I know of was uh, uh, Sanford and Son, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Pretty much it. Uh, Okay, so I jumped on your segment. I interrupted it to go over the depth chart. Give us your final two spring flings. You're good. I get I get sidetracked all the time myself. So I like it. I'm used to that. I don't I don't (laughs) mind at all. My third one, so I've got four. My third one is Camilo Duvall, the uh, big right-handed fireballer, 6'2", 185, big and lanky. Uh, So far in the spring, he's got two innings pitched, a walk, three strikeouts. He came in. uh, Everybody got to see him with the, the, uh, you know, uh, shoulder-length dreads come in and just throw rockets uh he touches 97 he could hit triple digits um got to see him in that game against the dodgers on tv last week uh he's he's got a nasty slider too a really hard breaking slider uh 2019 with the san jose giants a little bit of control issues 56 and a third innings um he had 34 walks but in 56 and a third innings in San Jose, he struck out 80 batters. I mean, that is insane. That's like a 13, 14 K per nine ratio. Made the made the California league all-star team. He did. And I, and I watched a little bit of that video too. I mean, just nasty. He's, he's one of those guys at six, two, who looks like he's six, seven, mm. because when he throws, 
the arms are going everywhere. The legs are going everywhere. He's putting both ass cheeks into it every pitch. <laughs> I mean, it's just it dirty. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dugout talk, right? And just throwing everything he's got at you. So, I mean, I would love to see this guy start, uh, start this um, season with the Giants. He's on the 40-man, so it's not out of the question we see him this year. But having only pitched 2019 at San Jose, I'm sure they want to give him a little bit more action, double A, triple A, see what he can do there, see if he can reel in the control issues. But he is one I am enamored with. I loved when he comes in, I go, man, look at this dude. He is... I would not want to dig in at the plate against this guy throwing like that. So, um, so, so I like I like Camilo Duvall. Uh, he's he's 23 years old, so it could be sooner rather than later. He's getting up there, so you know around the 24 age is is kind of when you start to see. Okay, this guy has past the prospect age. Right. He's ready to be plugged in. Let's see what he can do. So. Um, and then the fourth is one of those, uh, what do they call them? Like a May, September romance, like the young and the old. This romance is for Johnny Cueto. Oh, wow. S- saved it for my guy. He's throwing 94. And wow. he was throwing 91.5 miles an hour last year. Last year was his first full, well, I, <laughs> I say full season and they played 60 games, but he came back late in 2019 after the Tommy John only got, uh, you know, the 60 game schedule last year. So this year he's pumping it at 94 miles an hour, uh, yesterday, um, in his Sunday start, he had two innings pitch, one hit four strikeouts, touching 94. So that one could be on the cusp. You know how Johnny Cueto goes. You could fall out of love with him pretty easily, pretty quickly. The shimmy is what pulls you in, right? Mm-hmm. You see the shimmy and you go, oh, it's back. I like this guy. He's throwing 94. Then he can walk three guys in a row and you're like, eh, <laughs> I don't like Johnny Cueto anymore. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's got he's got that pretty good change. And I think, the, you know, what I had read this week is that they want him to hit that change a little more often. Uh, so if he's throwing that change off that 94 mile an hour fastball, we could see some numbers back in the, like, you know, 3.5 to 3.7 ERA somewhere in there. So, so th- those are my four loves, Jason Vossler, Elliot Ramos, Camilo Duvall, and Johnny Cueto. By the way, Ramos's home runs were, Absolute no doubters. Like, and and this, I don't know who the announcer was on the games, but just so unexcited. Like this was. (laughs) Oh, that was the that was the Reds announcer. Okay, whoever that guy was, he was just like, oh. It's a nice drive. Yeah. Out to left field. And I'm like, this thing's going 20 feet over the fence. Like, where's the excitement? He crushed this thing. And then he does the same thing opposite field. And this is like not a wall scraper. Like this no. thing is like 10, 15 feet, you know, into, into the, into the, over the fence and wherever, you know, the, that hill or whatever. I was like, oh my God, this guy's crushing the ball. And the announcer was like, oh. Nice drive yeah. out to left field. There it goes. Outfielder is back. Oh, 
it's over the fence. I'm like, come on, dude, give us something. Well, and see, and I, I was listening. So I went on a nice big walk up in the mountains yesterday, uh, just by myself, listening to the game. And, uh, and I got to hear John Miller call both. Oh, okay. There you go. And completely different. And then today I go, you know, I want to see what they look like. And I watched them. Same thing. Reds announcement. I go, <laughs> come on, man. This is like one of the most exciting rookies in the game or could be one of the most exciting rookies in the game. Top prospect. And uh, and that's what you got. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> All right. But what what did you think about Bart? He also uh, he got a hanger. So, so he got like a hanging curveball or whatever. But he 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 crushed one too. He did. And I'm trying. You know, that's the hard thing. We we saw what Bart did last year. You know, his 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 three walks or whatever it was to to forty strikeouts. Um, we know where he's going to start this year. So mm-hmm. I'm trying not to get, I'm not falling in love with Bart right now yeah. because, yeah. because I don't want to, he's going to break my heart. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because in three weeks he's going to be gone. So I just, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's leaving us in three weeks. So I don't want to take that chance. I don't want to get hurt. So I, but I'm enjoying because I know what the future holds next season with Joey Bart. Okay, so let's move on here and let's talk about two signings, a major league signing and a minor league signing, Jose Alvarez and Justin Bauer. Bauer? Bohr? Bauer? Bohr. Justin Bohr. 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 So uh, Justin Bohr came, uh, he, he had a, a little uh, dalliance in Japan. Is that is that where he played recently? He did, yeah, 2020, because he was so awesome out of the gate. I shouldn't say really out of the gate. He didn't kind of burst on the scene until 2015 with Miami. So if everybody remembers, he played with Miami for four or five years, traded to Philadelphia. But when he was with Miami... 27 years old to 30 years old, he went 23, 23 home runs, 15, 25, 20. So he can crush the ball. I mean, his OPS in all those years were 800, 824, 902, um, Then kind of fell off. You know, he was with Miami uh, hitting only 227 in 2018, but he had 19 home runs. Uh, he had some Steve Balboni numbers, right? <laughs> in, two, in the 220s, crushing bombs. <laughs> bye bye, home, Balboni. That's right. It was home run or nothing. It was Bob Dave Horner. Kingman. Yeah. Yeah, Dave Kingman, all there those guys. Then he gets traded to Philadelphia. Plays in uh, you know in 2018, and this was uh, this was before Kapler. I think was Kapler only in Philadelphia for one year. I think so. I think so. So 2018. So that was before Philadelphia. Um, and 2018 gets traded there. 54 plate appearances. Uh, hits one home run and hits 224. So never really caught on. Didn't really do much there. Uh, played for the Angels in 52 games in 2019. Hit only 172. Eight home runs. Um, so then he goes to Japan. Uh, and he hits 17 home runs, only hits about 240, hits 17 home runs. There is a great, uh, maybe we'll post it on our um, Facebook page, but there is a great uh, Japanese broadcaster call of one of his home runs. We got to get these guys over here to call games, I'm telling you. I, I don't know what they're saying, but I don't care because it's very, very exciting. Um, 
it makes it makes you think the Reds broadcaster was asleep yesterday. <laughs> the, the way these guys call games is just fantastic. I, you want to jump out of your seat every time there's a home run, but there's a great call on one of his home runs. So you know he's he's a big dude. He he, he is a big dude. Six four two seventy. His first baseman, left handed bat, and the Giants don't have many left handed options at first base other than Brandon Belt. They've got Vossler, not a true first baseman. They got Listella, not a true first baseman. So, uh, uh, you know, the other kind of tricky thing with Bohr too, is it's a minor league deal, but there's no invitation to camp. So he will go directly to minor league camp starting April 1st when the, the, when the big boys break camp and they're all gone. Um, then he reports directly to minor league camp. So, so they're looking at more of him to be in the minor league system in AAA, being a veteran presence. And if they need a left-handed bat to play first base, well, now they have a, a surefire guy who's been a, a, a big leaguer and, um, and can play first base and, and can play at Oracle because he crushes the Giants, I think, in 50-something plate appearances against the Giants, for 70 plate appearances against the Giants. He's, he's hitting like 328. So he likes the ballpark, apparently. So and it sounds like Belt's not going to be ready for opening day as well. I, I really don't think he is at this point. Um, the, the, the amount of uh, insurance that they're, <laughs> that they're figuring out for Belt uh, is kind of telling that, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to be ready for the start of the season. Yeah, yeah. Too handsome. <laughs> That's probably what it is. <laughs> um, by the way, uh, Kapler managed for two seasons in Philadelphia. He went 80 and 82 his first year. And then the second year went 81 and 81. And then he got hosed. So so is Justin Bohr a, a falk? Is he a friend of Kapler? Yeah, I think so. Is that what we're seeing? Yeah, he's a fuck. <laughs> that, you can be careful when we say that. <laughs> he's a folk. A fr- friend of Kapler. <laughs> All right, what about Alvarez? Um, oh, man, Alvarez. This is a... That was a rough story. So he's a one-year deal, $1.15 million. Major league deal, so he is going to be in the bullpen. Um, if you're, if you're a, you know, a baseball fan and, and have been for uh, the last few years, you kind of know Alvarez. He pitched for the Phillies. Um, he has a club option, actually, for $1.5 million for 2022 with a, only a $100,000 buyout. So if he doesn't really pan out, that's not much of a loss. Then you just eat that hundred thousand and he's gone after the season. Um, 2019, he was a Falk. He's a, a friend of Kapler. He pitched for Kapler in 2019, uh, out of the Phillies bullpen, 67 games, 3.36 ERA, 2.7 walks per nine, 7.8 Ks per nine. Uh, he's another lefty. So him and McGee in the bullpen, um, couple of lefties. You've also got Berger, Selman, Peralta, Menez. Those guys are the, the 40 man lefties. Uh, but those guys have options. So, uh, you know, you're going to see Alvarez. You're going to see McGee. Uh, you'll definitely see those guys start with the big club. Then in 2020, he pitched in six and a third innings with the uh, with the Phils, no walks, six strikeouts. Then I want to say, what was it? Probably August. He took a line drive mm. directly to the marbles, and I think that did it for his season. Right? That was that was it. Okay, you're kind of bearing the lead here. 
Yeah, this dude. I didn't want to talk. About it. it sounds painful. I don't want to talk about that. This dude takes a hundred and five mile per hour line drive to uh, in pro wrestling when when the bad guy would hit the guy in the groin. Gorilla Monsoon would say he hit him in the abdomen. <laughs> he got hit so hard in the abdomen it. You were you would be in tears just oh. watching this, and so he you would think okay you get you get hit like that and you're just keeled over and you're done and you're tapping out and you're calling for your manager you're calling for the doctor. This dude gets up and throws the guy out at first base. Yes, <laughs> throws the guy out at first base, and as he throw you know makes the toss to the first baseman, he just collapses in in a, in pain. So. Uh, you know, first, I, I I didn't do too much research in this to see how he is doing. You know, from a health perspective, yeah. I'm hoping, I'm crossing my fingers <laughs> that he's he's good. But you know, he's back and and they signed him, so it seems like he's he's pretty healthy. But man, I what a just to throw that dude out <laughs> like. I think most of us would have like not even cared at that point. We wouldn't even have known. We wouldn't have even looked for the baseball. We would have just died on the ground. Yeah. Not to get too graphic, but you know how it goes. Sometimes it's a delayed reaction. So maybe, (laughs) maybe he just wasn't feeling it right away. I don't know. Uh, Did he pitch with a cup? When I played, I had a cup on and I played center field yeah and i wore a cup yeah just because i pitch with my cup on well and and the thing too is the, the leagues we played in those semi-pro leagues i didn't trust that outfield <laughs> i mean how many gopher holes were there out there when you're going yep. for a fly ball you're also looking down so you don't step in a gopher hole yeah i mean so you can take one off the abdomen so to speak at, at any point when you're playing on those fields but he probably didn't have a cup on mo- most likely and and 100 miles an hour what's a cup gonna still i mean it's gonna break the cup and yeah yeah so so he was if you've got the abdomen for it you can go ahead to youtube and watch the video um and check it out it it is brutal but but it is i mean he does he takes the shot he gets up he throws him out on first and then just crumples. And then you're sitting there going, oh, my God, did I? It's, is that what I thought that was? And so, yeah, it, it was rough. But, yeah, I didn't want to lead with that because I felt bad. I felt bad. <laughs> it, it was what they would call a Herculean-like effort, for sure. Absolutely. Yes, 100%. But we got him. He's ours now, and we got a left-hander out of the bullpen to go with McGee, and that's awesome. I mean, when you look at this uh, 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 Giants bullpen, the arms they've been collecting is just awesome. I mean, they're going to have a lot of options, but like they said, too, without having a season last year, uh, or with having a shortened season without having a minor league season where a lot of these guys might have been pitching in, um, you're going to need a lot of arms. I mean, you're seeing in spring training so far. We haven't had a starter go past two innings. Cueto went two yesterday, but that's Cueto. Cueto throws like every day. It's mm-hmm. like 178 pitches every day. I mean, the guy's an animal. But you've got a lot of other guys who... 
you see him in for an inning. And plus, they've got the rule worked in this year where uh, it happened to us yesterday. Bases loaded, uh, struck out our first two batters, and and uh, their pitcher had thrown 26 pitches. So they said, well, that's more than 20, so inning over. <laughs> and, and so bases left stranded with two outs. So that's what they're doing, too, because a lot of these guys just haven't thrown many pitches. So you got to say, look, we're not going to tax these guys. We don't want Tom. Tommy John surgeries all over the place this season. So uh, they're, they're kind of taking it easy. What's the over under in appearances for Alvarez where Kruk has it chambered that he's going to mention him getting out of a tight struggle, a tight situation as having the stones <laughs> and Kipe just cackling. <laughs> uh it's got to be the good. first appearance, right? It's like oh, it's going like to be the first. Dying. Yeah, he's yeah. dying, like he's yeah. dying to do it the second the guy gets on the mound. <laughs> I'm going to go ten <laughs> on the season wow. because it's not going to get old until about the All Star break. Yeah, yeah. But it's not going to be every appearance. Yeah, because he's not going to be in a jam. Every oh yeah, yeah. I can't wait. Uh, I like that. I'm going to die laughing when he does it too. <laughs> All right, so uh, last segment here. What are we talking about as far as the uh, minor league delay? So the minor league delay, it's kind of a bummer. I got super excited. I, I You know, the uh, Reno Aces, our AAA club down here, uh, affiliate of the uh, Diamondbacks here in Reno, uh, they posted their schedule uh, probably about a month ago, and, and it was, uh, you know, April 1st, we're starting our season, or April 4th, or whatever it was. And I, yeah, so I tweeted back and said, this is so exciting. What about uh, fans at the ballpark? At least we get to watch you on Channel 21 here. This is great. Little did I know, in the works, in the background, everybody pretty much knew the AAA season was going to be delayed, except me, because I'm <laughs> foolish, and I was thinking of nobody but myself. So, the AAA season did get delayed, uh, at least until May. It was going to start on the 6th, actually. Uh, so, that is what? That would have been like a Monday, I think. Um, Sunday, so it's going maybe. To, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Saturday, so it's Sunday, good. yeah. Yeah, so it's going to start now uh, the same as Double A and Single A uh, in May. They did that, and they're going to have the alternate sites, and they're looking at somewhere around 24, 25 players. When last year, I think it was more like, you know, 10 players, mm -hmm. and it was the players that could immediately play. So they were mostly veterans. You didn't have like an Heliot Ramos hanging out at the alternate site waiting to be called up. He was there working on stuff, but sometimes couldn't be on the field because they wouldn't allow it. Yeah. Um, so with the alternate sites this year, that's going to allow for easier access to testing. Uh, you're going to have less travel uh, because you're not going, you know, hey, they're in New Orleans this weekend, but we need this guy. So let's bring him over. Um, and they're going to be closer to the home, home ballparks, which is kind of a big deal. Uh, and, and another thing I think they, uh, they're kicking around the idea that vaccinated players could go straight to the teams from the alternate sites and not have to have that like three day delay, mm -hmm. you know, with testing, testing this and that. So that's the other thing with starting in May is they're thinking, well, if we start in May, maybe we can have, um, more players vaccinated, right. not not just the big league players, but the minor league players. So that's, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Uh, and they're going to go into September. So they're going to go a little bit later, about a month later than they normally do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a delay, but it's it's for good reason. Um, 
for selfish Brad, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking, yeah. but, uh, but I can wait, you know, even though I, we probably couldn't even go to the ballpark this year, who knows, maybe later in the season we can. Um, but yeah, that brings up a good point. Uh, we talked about it earlier. Would I go to a game? Well, at Aces ballpark, there's grass seats and you've seen in spring training so far, they put squares in the grass and your pod of four people will stay in that square. Hmm. And you can do your mobile ordering. You can do all that stuff. Um, it's funny. You see the families are in the squares with the older kids, but then you, they pan over and they show the other families with the four-year-old and the eight-year-old, and they're running around all over the place on the on the grass, not staying in their square because you're not going to keep a four-year-old in a square. Right. All right. The the thing that we forgot to do early on was uh, talk about what we were drinking. I'll go quickly. Uh, I have a Irish whiskey called Teeling, T-E-E-L-I-N-G, and I turned it into a highball. So I put, you know, shot and a half of the Teeling, nice gigantic sphere of ice and then the rest of it in a, in a beer glass the rest of it was uh was sparkling water so that has been doing it for me what about you well i <clears throat> i had uh earlier a uh, a beer i so if you listen to the podcast last week i pulled a garrett this week so last week Garrett jacked up his back. He, he's <laughs> on the mend, almost back to 100%. So, so last week I said, well, it's been a long time since I've jacked up my back. Today, doing the Apple Fitness Plus uh, high-intensity interval training workout, which I do almost every single day, uh, I jacked my back up. Oh. So I've been icing it most of the day. So I had a little bit of a lighter beer tonight, but because um, I do need to take something before bed to relax the muscles so I can sleep better. So tonight, I went with old reliable 5.5% the, one of the greatest beers that I've ever had and will go to the grave with this in my fridge. It's always in my fridge. Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, mm -hmm. the classic green can, the first micro brew I ever had around 1990. Well, I got to do the math here because I, I don't want to make it before I was 21. <laughs> so, well, I, I, let's just say I had it in 1991, whatever. Okay. Uh, but uh, but it, 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 it is like the intro into micro brews, but it is not a light micro brew. It is in the 5.5% alcohol, but when you're talking like piney, hoppy, malty, citrusy, it is a mouth feel and it is just fantastic. So that's what I went with tonight. I, I always have one of these at least once a week. I just love it so much. All right. So the last thing before we go is that as we get closer to opening day, you know, we're still going to give you this podcast one uh, every week. That, that that That's what we're consistent with. We may change it up. It may be on Sunday night, Monday morning. It may be on Monday night, Tuesday morning. It may be on Tuesday night, Wednesday morning generally depending on our schedules. But there's something interesting that's out there when it comes to podcasting. And there is an app called Locker Room. And what Locker Room enables us to do is right now it's iPhone only. So if you have an iPhone, go to Locker Room, download the app, create your account. 
And what, what we can do is we can actually do a podcast via this app that is interactive. So if you're listening to this podcast and you wanted to go on Locker Room when we went live, you could actually come on the show. You could ask a question. You could give your two cents on something. It's kind of like old school drive time radio, but through an app. And so it's a pretty cool thing. I've done it for a different podcast a couple of times, had a blast. It reminds me of when I was screening calls for a Warriors announcer, Bob Fitzgerald, back in the day in my KMBR days. Like it's like, it's just go, everything comes at you so fast. There's multitasking and everything, but it was a lot of fun. And I think we're going to do a couple of them, uh, in, in in about, uh, you know, in about the next three weeks or so. So opening day is on April 1st. So, you know, we are three weeks and some change away from that. We thought about doing something around the Bay Bridge series. So we'll keep you updated if you are following us on Twitter at Thompson, Sorry. number two, Clark uh, on Twitter. Same thing on Instagram, Thompson, number two, Clark. And then our Facebook group, of of course, just you know, check in, and and we'll kind of let you know when we plan on going live. But that is that is a, a new app, and it's kind of new technology, and it's a lot of fun. I think it can open up us to you know maybe a few more listeners here and there, especially those who are San Francisco Giants fans. And yeah, I think we're gonna try that out. Maybe Bay Bridge series time, and then come opening day, there will be a little bit of time between opening day and maybe the weekend where Brad and I can jump on. But we will make sure to announce it before we do. So if you want to jump on, if you want to hang out and listen and possibly interact with us, you can. So that is the last thing here, and uh, we'll be back next week. And Brad will have some more spring flings for us. Uh, But uh, for Brad, I'm Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace.